welcome to episode 75 of the Hop and Bobble Podcast. I am producer Tom. I'm Joe. I'm Mike. Hey, yeah, we got Mike back. Mike, how are you doing? It's, it's good to hear from Ooh, you again. It's just, just a lot of things and stuff. <laughs> well, this we're... Uh, our earliest episode that we've recorded, it, right? It is. I think so. Something around there. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, we started at 8, but you know what? There's no better way to start off your morning with some music and beer. And uh, we're doing the self-titled debut album from Rage Against the Machine called Rage Against the Machine. And to pair with that, we have the Raging Bitch IPA from Flying Dog. It is a Belgian style. It is 8.3%. And I, am, uh, I just can't wait to drink beer this early in the morning. Yes. Now, Tom, you've had this before. Is it twist off or is it I need a bottle opener? I, no, I, I, I believe it's a bot pop up. That's so. I do not believe you are twisting that off. I'll be honest with you. Usually, unless it says like Bud Light, Miller Light, Coors Light, Jock Top, then I don't think you're twisting. <laughs> oh, you're pouring though. Jock Top might even see the color. It's true. We are a beer podcast. We can't just, you know, drink out of the bottle art though you can oh, see the that. art it's like a yes the bottle is really cool Devil like, oh, why is your top like a darker color mine's like a yeah like a brighter one well look at that interesting i don't know why which one is authentic oh we have like different <laughs> like look at that oh yeah mine oh Mine's an IPA. Mine's just regular IPA. Oh, <laughs> mine's a Belgian well, have. style. Okay, Ooh, well, little variety okay. here. That's the only one they had. I thought that was what they was. <laughs> mine's <laughs> coffee. <You have> coffee. <laughs> Couldn't get it. Amber color. Right, well, let's, that looks good. Let's take that beer right there. Cheers. Cheers. That's definitely Belgian style. That is a fucking beer right there. That's that's for sure a beer. Joe, if I remember, it's yes. a, a very hoppy IPA. It is yes, very hoppy. Very hoppy. Um, that is my first impressions of it. According to um, Flying Dog themselves, Raging Bitch, and anything but delicate blend of the sharp hoppiness of an American IPA and the fruity funkiness of Belgian yeast, which creates an incredibly aromatic beer bursting with flavorful notes of crisp grapefruit, woodsy pine, and exotic mango. Tom, do me a favor. Yeah. Is yours also 8.3%? Yes. You are both drinking, I believe, the same beer. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking on their website to see if they have like a different version of it. But even the um, even the with the website that's got Joe's logo on the the bottle says "Raging Bitch" and then small Belgian IPA. Belgian IPA, yeah. So I believe you guys are drinking the same beer with just different labels. When's um, when's your freshness date, Tom? Um, January thirty first, twenty twenty two. So Mine's little... today. Maybe they like just changed their label. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Just like Tom's drinking an old beer. It's listen, <laughs> Joe drank a beer from March of 2021 last episode. I so I did, and it was it tasted like it. Uh, hops here we have a uh, Warrior, Columbus, and Amarillo. 
And then I do like the little description on Beer Advocate. It says, two inflammatory words, one wild drink. Nectar imprisoned in a bottle. And anything but delicate blend of sharp hoppiness and fruity aroma, this beer is a life-changing backward backyard knife fight for your palate. Once you've had a raging bitch, everything else pales in comparison. Fermented with a volcano-like Belgian yeast strain called El Diablo, Raging Bitch earned its popularized name from the aggressively active nature of the yeast, unleashed, untamed, unbridled, and in heat. Enjoy its golden glow and white foaming head alongside bold flavors like spicy barbecue wings, blue cheese salads, or that bag of family-sized Cool Ranch Doritos you're going to destroy later while binge-watching Netflix. Wow. I like these guys. That's a, that's a good description. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. So it's it's kind of got its name from the, the yeast that it, it, it came from, like the, the aggressive yeast that it, it was, uh, was spawned yeah. from, El Diablo. I don't know, you could name different kinds of yeast like that, but... Yeah, and then on... Um on the website right next to the beer in really small letters it just says so good once it hits your lips nice little <laughs> old school uh reference yeah. love it yep. yeah i like this and then like the dog you know bitch is a female dog so yeah. raging bitch mm-hmm. i like it and then of course flying dog too yeah, from what I remember, it was a very aggressive IPA, though. It was very hoppy. It was something mm-hmm. that you could have a couple of, but you couldn't. It wasn't an all-day drinker. No. Um, it's just, And the plus it's 8.3%. So, I mean, two or three mm-hmm. in, you're, you're already feeling pretty fucked. Yep. Yeah, it's a, it's a great way to start the morning. I was just going to say, <laughs> probably not the best 8 a.m. beer. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably not going to, like, go back to bed after this. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I was gonna be like, maybe I'll go back for like a half hour and then and then get going. But no, I think I'm done. <laughs> yeah, this it's like you wake up in the morning and you just got someone screaming in your face. You're like, all right, all right. It's like yeah. waking up at boot camp. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yep. So I like it, but it's, it's good, hey, man. It's not bad. I I enjoy it. The it, this like Mike said though, you can't drink a lot of it, but this is this is a beer. You could do much worse than a. Than I'm glad the, I've uh, bitch. At least had. I mean, it's been years, but I'm glad I've at least had it, and I do remember. Yep. Remember, it, I mean, hey, that says something right there, though. It's yep. been like a few years since I've had it, and I still remember the hoppiness and the aggressiveness of it, and it being one of those beers. I was like, wow, this is really good and different, but it's not uh, not something I can have a like. You buy a six pack, you better be sharing it with at least two or three people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I do have a six pack of it, but now you know you guys we're all remote right now, so thanks a lot. Yeah, we go. Right, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll do a little we'll do a little trade off with the next beer that I get. There we go. Perfect. That sounds good. Sure. Um, this beer with it being aggressive, Tom. Thank you for the idea because it's actually a perfect match for this fucking aggressive rap metal '90s album that we have to talk about. Um, it is Rage Against the Machine's self-titled debut. Um, one of my favorites, This, these were both my picks, technically. Um, mm-hmm. Rage Against the Machine, 1992 release, so it's turning 30 this year, actually, oh. um, which is pretty cool. Uh, 10 songs, just about like 53 minutes long. Um, 
this is like one of my favorite they're not one of my favorite bands but this album is one of my favorites to listen to uh front to back um you know it's one of those again where you hear one track and then you immediately hear the next one starting and i just think the album experience is so good um but yeah this is their uh debut album and uh recorded at sound city studio out in california same place as nirvana's nevermind and some other albums and uh what was cool is they actually recorded this album live together and they even invited people to like watch the recording in like fans which was really cool um so it felt like a a live concert as they were recording it and they're just so tight um you know especially the instrumentalists um who we have brad wilk tom comerford and um tom morello i think i got their names right yep um two toms did i get that right tim it's tim tim that's it tim comerford on bass credited as I timmy think c. He's a very what's that he was credited as timmy c timmy c um i think he's a very underrated uh bassist um yeah the i think the one of the more powerful things about the album too, which we kind of don't mention too much is the album cover, yes. which is, uh, and you know, there's a lot of politically charged lyricism all over this entire thing. That's, that's of kind of Rage's whole, uh, you know, idea around them. Yeah. Um, the album cover is, and forgive me, cause I'm going to butcher this name. Um, uh, a Vietnamese Buddhist monk, Thi uh, Quang Duke, sure you nailed it um he was uh he was, he was doing some self-immolation in 1963 as mm-hmm. protest for whatever was happening in vietnam in the 60s you know nothing happened yes. then <laughs> um which and it just it's just incredibly powerful because you know that actually happened they didn't actually like stage it no. so you know just a, yeah. just a kick-ass cover and mm-hmm. you know very very politically charged album which i you know we we kind of don't pay attention to lyrics too much or, or not not that but like uh you know try to not steer away towards politically charged things but i feel like yeah, it's, not... it's hard to avoid that for this one for sure because that's yeah. just their their mo but well, it's kind of I mean... like when we talked about system you know it, we yeah. you know we put it this way if you're just starting to listen to us we don't get into the politics of it but we you know we we, we discuss what it was yeah. about yep. yeah Exactly. Um, it was, um, these, it was, these guys had a lot to say and they found a great way to say it. Um, they kind of turned, I, they kind of turned rap, which was obviously big back then at this time, you know, with NWA and, um, you know, Snoop Dogg and Tupac and, and Biggie and Beastie Boys, all that. And they turned it into a, you know, a rock band, almost, in some cases like metal and um i i don't know of another band that did it like this quite like them i think at that time you know um so i feel like these guys kind of really ushered in you know the way to bands like you know lincoln park and um limp biscuit sure You know, Tom Morello kind of took on the, the role of the DJ, you know, with his guitar effects 
sure you had some amazing guitar riffs all throughout this album ones that are just so like tangible and and sticky and ones that just stay in your mind forever but also his effects make it sound like the the record scratching and and everything and then you have zach de la rocha on um uh lead vocals and he's rapping and and he's also he's rapping with purpose too and it just makes for this unique sound for the time that worked really well um and i feel like their sound brought in a ton of different fans you know you got the rock fans you got the rap fans you got the the message fans um so i, I really i really think think they had a great thing going right from the jump um, shall, shall we shall we get into it. it yeah let's get um, into it for Best me, track on the whole album. <laughs> uh, yeah, damn. I mean, honestly, yeah. I'm sorry, there's no better song on the album than "Bomb Track." Really, I, I might have to agree with you. I don't, I don't agree with that, but okay, it's a good song. I don't, I don't know. There's, I don't. Was, really, come on, guys. It was the third oh, single. Third single. Um, okay. you and it's kind of like a slang term for a cool, like a like a dope track because they they yeah. use that for the rest of the album too. You'll hear yes. like in the beginning of other tracks, be like, "Yeah, hey, we got another bomb track for you." Yeah. Um, the the lyrics uh, expound uh, the political struggle of per- Peruvian revolutionaries against an oppressive U.S. backed government. So that's cool. But also the, the the music is is good. It's just really pounding, and the the way it gets the album started, I think, is just like no other opening track. It's just it's just so different. It hits you with every kind of specialty they have right off the bat. And I think it's probably one of the best rap rock songs of all time. I know I, I say a lot when we do rap rock style songs, like yeah. I don't really like them too much unless it's rage or whatever, but like they, they did it perfectly. Like how else can you put it? Like yeah, it's a right. great track. This isn't like the corny rap rock that I think you don't like. And it makes exactly. sense. This is, how it started you know this, this is influence together yeah yeah um no i mean this is a hell of a way to begin the album i mean so many times we talk about opening tracks and whether it really sets the album up or the artist you know accurately and this does it to a t i mean it has every element like you said you, you can't i would yeah. i don't want to commit to saying the best because yeah. there's just so many things that you have to think about but I would say top three best opening tracks, period. Like I'd wow, put it as yeah. top three to open an album of all time. Like it's just, yep. it can't be this. Yeah. It, 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 I don't know of a, be, a better song on like if they shuffled around the track no. list, this is the one. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. they wrote it, I think with the opening in mind, it just sounds like an opening to an album, to a concert, even um yeah it's just badass um and god tom's guitar riffs not you tom but uh tom morello pretty good (laughs) mine suck these are great (laughs) you could you just know it i mean you you really hear every note he's hitting and it's crisp and clear yet crunchy and heavy i heard the heard the door open i'm waiting to see him walk down oh special guest um yeah i mean great great opening for sure and there's a little guitar score, yeah. right of course there is yeah yeah he always makes his guitar sound like as unique as possible like you yeah. can always tell like whenever he's he's playing which is is 
definitely a, a sign of at least a, a good artist or a unique one. Exactly. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> What's up, bud? My guy. My guy. <laughs> yeah, this, this I think might be... No, I can just, I'll straight up say, this is my all-time favorite Rage song. Wow. Has been since high school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. repeating, you know, burn, burn, yes, you're going to burn. They do a lot of repetition in their lyrics, which I think is, it's it's works for them and against them a little bit, but it, it gets some things stuck in your brain a little bit as you go. So Yeah, I think that's the line, the point. Yeah, the lines that they repeat are the lines that they're like, don't forget this, don't forget, this is the point, and they're just yeah. they're hitting it, hitting it, hitting it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's almost like their their songs are kind of like the anthems for a picket line, you know, mm-hmm. like sure. you know, when, when you're out protesting, you have that, you know, phrase or two that you're constantly repeating. And, you know, they kind of translated that over into music. Um, so I think, you know, that's why they do a lot of repetition. Um, yeah, man. And then next, Killing in the Name. Yes, probably their most well-known song. I think this is the one they're known for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Guitar Hero. I mean, <laughs> I remember yep. playing this in the dorm. Yeah, but, I mean, this is. I'm gonna have to really think about what my favorite track is because I have a few in mind. But I mean, this is up there. I know it's overplayed, but this is the one that got me into you know Rage well, and yeah. this album and it's overplayed for um, a reason. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, you know, once the main guitar riff kicks in it's just so heavy and um like it's it just yeah you you just can't help but rock your head like i it it's it's just such a great song they're very tight you know like you said with the drums the bass the guitar the bass Mm -hmm. and the guitar run together Mm -hmm. yeah there's like they're not even a second off like they're just right there and to know they did this live together, you know, is amazing. Yeah, they didn't track it. Yep. I um actually have a funny story about uh, killing in the name of um two two things. First off, I did this as a a cover for a school project once when I was in college because they needed right. us to just cover songs and how to like record and do vocal stuff. So I was just screaming, "Fuck you! I won't do what you tell me in the studio at school." It was definitely a fun time. But um, <clears throat> two um. So the thing they do in uh, in England is that they will um, during Christmas time they will take the the number one song and then have that person come into the BBC and do a live version of the song. And so usually it's whoever wins the X Factor because it just comes out at the time. But um, yep. people like kind of had this guerrilla marketing campaign to get this song to the number one charts to be during Christmas time and have them go into the studio and do it live. And so. <laughs> So when they did it, um, you know, you can't swear on live television or especially on the BBC. So the guy that that runs it was like, hey, can you guys not say the F word in your song? And they were like, yeah, yeah, sure. No, we'll, we'll do that. And then as soon as they comes on, they're like, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. And they they got the BBC got so mad that they uh, they they're banned from the BBC airwaves. So um, wow. I, I think that's going to hurt them at all. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> they came out and, and apologized, and every, well, not not rage, obviously, but the BBC came out and apologized for saying the f word on Christmas Day radio all across <laughs> the, the nation. So, well, I mean, they should have known better to 
<laughs> yeah, it's... Christmas. I mean, what do you think they're gonna do? Not not say it. I mean, it, yeah. it's all throughout their album. It's what they're all about. Taking a stand. Yeah, against the machine. I it was... like it, it, you know. In the name, challenge the status quo. <laughs> yeah, it was a. Yeah. Uh... It was, it was it was funny to see all the, the the people like stream that song in mass just to get that on the, yeah, the airwaves right. for Christmas Day, but I thought that was a a, a funny story. I would, I would share for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of my favorite things about the song "Killing the Name" is um, the guitar solo. Like it's kind of the first example of him. You know, it's not your normal guitar solo. He it's more of like an effect guitar solo which brings in kind of like the dj elements to the band like that was his role yeah you know big fan of that um and then the the chanty you know fuck you i won't do what you tell yeah. me you know it's it's just a a statement you know that coupled with bomb track beginning the album is just you know killer i feel like this could come out today and you wouldn't be like oh man they sound really 90s yeah i agree with that i don't think the sound aged like yeah that much yeah plus what they're talking about it's still like like you're not going to stop police brutality for you know the foreseeable future so it still mm -hmm. remains pretty potent in its lyricism and everything yep and it's been 30 years yeah so yeah. what does it say about us i'm turning the hat Okay, turning the table. I'm gonna sit backwards in my chair, gang. We're here to interview you. <laughs> this is an intervention. Yeah. Well, it better be. You two are drinking at eight in the morning. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's on, on a Sunday. On the Lord's Day. The Lord's Day. Mass. Day of rest. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Taking the I power know. back. We gotta take the power yeah. back. The power back. I love this intro. Yep. Bass. Dude, the bass guitar, how he layers it, how it comes in. Mm -hmm. And then just the bass part itself throughout the song. You hear it, you know, and you don't often hear the specific bass part. It either follows the drums rhythmically, you know, or follows the guitar. This is its own animal. And I love I that. I was going to ask you, Tom, is it just us or did is the bass louder in the mix than a lot of other it's 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 it's, it's not necessarily louder but i think it's just mixed a little bit higher in the the mids just because you can hear that that kind of slappiness to it which i yeah, think right. really adds a lot of like tone that that you don't really hear in a lot of other tracks but i think it's what makes it stand out a little bit more maybe it is a little bit higher i but... feel like like i just well having those mids up and having that slappy tone definitely gives it that funk element that they're going for, which is nice. But I just feel like it's the bass is mixed more prominently in this whole album than you hear in like, especially a lot of modern stuff. You know, mm -hmm. you, you, you focus on Metallica. the guitar and the drums and you kind of lose the bass. And, and here it's just like, it's so forefront. Yeah, definitely a, a cool, cooler track. Not as, not as exciting as the the, the starting two, but I, I think it's. I feel like this album is 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 genuinely uh, like front loaded, for me at least. I can um, agree with that. I was yeah. thinking the same thing when I listened to it. But I mean, there are better tracks in the back half. But in in terms of this song, yeah, um, I do. I was gonna say that's like the the major thing for me is like the the the, the more prominent bass definitely gives it a bit more of a flavor. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, but I mean, you clearly tell who this band is. I mean, if it wasn't by track one, it's by track two, <laughs> certainly by now. I mean, you know what the album's going to be. Yeah. And um, I like that. All right, next up we have Freedom. Another... No, freedom is the last track. If Settle for Nothing after that. Oh, whoops. Yeah, so I have it on Shuffle? You did. I must have it on Shuffle. I do have it on Shuffle. My bad. Uh, it's okay. That's fine. Settle for Nothing. Yeah. This song got... I don't have a ton to say about it. It got very... Kind of boring. <laughs> yeah. It no, didn't really go anywhere. It's slow. Mm-hmm. That like droning kind of verse didn't really do it for me. This is this track right here is preventing it from being like nine or ten level for me. Yeah. Um, it's um yeah. Tom, you have anything <laughs> to say about it? No, the only funny thing about the track that I thought was interesting was that around the, the minute 15 mark or like a yeah. minute 10 mark. There, there, that that one. I think it was like he started screaming like suicide or genocide. Yep. At the very end of the scream, he goes suicide. Uh, uh, there's, there's like a like a stutter that they they accidentally like missed in there. If you if you hear it, he he screams and there's a little blip. I thought oh, that was just a, yeah. It, it was a funny like mis editing thing that I, I thought was pretty funny. And but probably also, you know, it also shows that they did it in you know a live take yeah yeah they it just wanted it, it, it to be it, raw yeah it just it stuck out for me yeah um but i i will agree there's not a lot to say other than that yeah. it's a very monotonous song yeah mm-hmm. i yeah. don't know if I, I don't know if i'd label it as a skip like i have to skip it but it's definitely not one i'm looking forward to right yeah it's kind of cool how it kind of like you know, good Kind of like birds almost like it's kind of like makes it like woodsy, like eerie. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, I label as like one of the darker tracks. Yeah, kind of like a like a moodier Alice in Chains cut almost. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Um, Next one, bullet in the head. Yep. There you go. Uh, Another great one begins with bass part. Um, Interesting. It was a single. Yeah, it was. Just doesn't have that feel for me. I would have thought like taking the power back would have been a single. Yeah, that, that like, had I, a little more drive. This is the second single too, I think. Uh, taking the power. Oh, this is yeah. yeah pulling the I can get my arm to scroll up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, second single. Yeah. Um, I I just love how the bass and the drums are locked in on this one during the verse. You know, that that drum beat is just so hypnotic. And not like. The greatest drummer, but it just works. Yeah. And then Tom comes in with the little guitar accents with the effects, and you know. Yeah, he. It's it's definitely because it's so rhythm driven, like you said. It's cool how rather than giving a guitar riff, he just kind of fills in the blanks. Yeah. Yep. And then he really comes in with the chorus. You know, that's when the guitar is more yep. fun. Yeah, with that. Da, da, da. Yeah, it's very staccato. Yeah. It's it's it all around doesn't really lend itself to being like a good song, like a, not a good song, but like a mainstream song, a single. Right. It's weird. Yep. Yeah, that yeah. that that like kind of choppier um, guitar solo from from Tom, like that. It's it's yeah. 
it, it, it keeps intact like how unique of an artist he was but like mike said yeah it's not a very well bye mikey <laughs> um it doesn't seem like a, a standout thing that would be for a single like mm-hmm. it, it definitely was a kind of a culture shock which um it's kind yeah. of cool yep i will Can say I just... that i think my favorite part of the song is the breakdown at the end like i could just see this in concert where you're just like fuck yeah you you might see it in concert i'm thinking we are i want to go i'm in yeah the eighth and ninth is a monday tuesday even better yeah i prefer we're not i'm not working oh yeah i like it can you take that day off i'm sure i can Hey, we don't know where he's going to be. Come it's on. True. That's true. Oh, I know. I know. I, I hope not. It's going to happen. The one thing I will say as a knock for me for the album is that if you're not necessarily into a track, all the tracks are pretty long in terms of their, their play time or yes. their, like, their, how long they are. Like, yeah, that is agreed. Four no, minutes, five minutes, five and a half, four and a half. You get to like the, the, the second half, you got like the six minute tracks. Bomb track um, is the shortest at 402. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's just me being a part of like the freaking ADHD generation and having no like attention span anymore. Yeah. But I don't know. Well, I, mean, I don't know. I feel like if you're awesome. listening to this band or this album track to track, you're not a person who is singles driven, radio driven, in and out. Mm-hmm. Like you want to listen to the experience. Like, if you if you skip this song after two and a half minutes, you're missing this whole like jam break and this whole breakdown. And then it, they like build it back up and then they come back in with the groove and then they go to double time to end the song. Like you're missing yeah. that. And the, the only thing I will I will definitely add to Tom's point is like we talked about earlier, where repeating themselves can either be something that's a positive for them or hurt them. Yeah, I keep getting notifications, like, as we're talking. Um, and, okay. like, that's a song that I could say, like, bullet in your head. I love the double time at the end. I love the breakdown. I think the repeated bullet in your head over mm-hmm. and over and over and over mm-hmm. could have either been shortened or that's kind of a, a hit or miss for me. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I think that's where the repeating, I don't want to necessarily say hurt them, but didn't help them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's a fair point. Who knows? They could have like sensed the people like watching them that were there, yeah. you know, and they kind of just extended it a little bit. And, <laughs> I don't know. It does play into the the live aspect to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Last thing I'll say about this is that it was um, they had a demo that came out before this, also titled Radiant's Machine." Yes. Um, this track was transferred intact from the band's demo. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, I don't know if that's the only one but that's what it says in like the the liner notes for this so cool that was interesting and i know that all right yeah. awesome next one know your enemy the the path this song takes just from section to section riff to riff they're all different but they all fit well together and they're all memorable yeah. like that you know the the verse riff and then the intro riff before that i don't know i just this is, it's just a great song. Yeah, it is. Ready. Yeah, I like this one. I'm seeing here on Wikipedia that uh, Maynard James Keenan is on it. 
lead singer of Tool. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Featuring Major James Keenan. It doesn't say that on the album, I don't think. And it doesn't say that on the, uh, you know, like on my Amazon music or anything, but it says it on Wikipedia, the original track listing featuring Maynard James Keenan. I wonder what he does. Um, it also has percussion from Stephen Andrew Perkins, who plays with Jane's Addiction. Oh, interesting. So I thought that was kind of neat. This is the only track on the album that has additional musicians on it. Okay. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, but I like this one though. This this definitely, like you said, definitely has more parts to it. Like that, I feel like there's like a, a one, two, and three almost to it. But you know, keeps up oh, with this the. Must be hmm? da, 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 da. Oh, during like that little breakdown part. Yeah, it's and that must be where the extra percussion is too. Oh yeah. There's extra percussion in the background. This sounds like a tool song all of a sudden. That's definitely wow. Uh, I really never noticed. That. <laughs> yeah that's funny a little that's tidbit. totally him and then yeah the little percussion that's definitely perkins yeah because that's wow. his scream yep no, that's not that wasn't de la rocha that was his scream hmm. i always thought that part sounded different i'm like who is that it goes it from rage to tool yeah. to rage <laughs> yeah <laughs> a little tool break down. all right very cool and then it just goes even into a even we on the Hopkins podcast learn things on the fly. You know <laughs> what? Shout out Wikipedia. That's how we do it. <laughs> uh, it just goes into a quintessential uh, Morello solo again. I mean, I mean, just the things he does. No one does that, you know. Good shit. Hey, yeah. that just that just bumped that song up even higher for me knowing all those different things now yep just gave it a little more stock yep <laughs> agreed this one was already up there for yeah. me next uh, song yeah. wake up wake up this is kind of like a run of the mill mm -hmm. nothing really stand out about it for me yeah it's weird. It's one of those songs where I get the vibe Joe's getting, but yeah. then I catch myself like, yo, yeah, absolutely. Like it, I don't know. It's, one thing I like is I like how he harmonizes and doubles his like certain lines in his raps. Like he'll, he'll, he'll double track them twice and sometimes he'll harmonize. Sometimes he'll just track twice. And, and he does it on like the right sections of his verses you know what i mean like he does a really good job with that and this song shows that off right in the beginning mm -hmm. yeah yeah like the second verse said something like lacking that finesse or something that's where he overdubbed it yeah and then he does like a lot he does like a lot of uh which you didn't hear earlier in the album um some like call and response with himself mm -hmm. um which is which is kind of cool um mm -hmm. yeah so yeah. it's got elements in it for sure that are definitely a little different and kind of change up, but it's definitely not like a killer track on the album. Right. Um, I thought it ended well with that kind of breakdown where they're all just jamming at the end there. Mm -hmm. um, another guitar solo too. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a solid song. It definitely complements the others. 
Um, mm-hmm. I think this track has one of the more interesting like lyrical tidbits to it because mm-hmm. they're they're kind of doing a song about like a critique like critique of racism in the government and how like the FBI's like counterintelligence programs would spy on like political organizations and so they actually sample an FBI not a sample well I guess it is a sample of an FBI memo where J Edgar Hoover suggests a need to suppress the black nationalist movement which I thought was like a really cool way of of putting that into the lyricism and kind of giving the song a whole nother meaning. Yeah, right. Um, but strictly, wake up, what's going on. Yeah, strictly yeah. in terms of music, it's kind of what you've been getting for the last couple tracks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really separate itself, at least for me, too much. I think but, it has a little bit of a darker, like, overtone, like sound, but yeah, still the same rage feel that you've been getting. Yeah. Yep. But. Is this the one that ends with him saying, like, you reap what you sow? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I always like that ending. You reap what you sow. Yeah. Yeah. Township Rebellion. Yeah. I like how this opens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of yeah. cool, though, because, like, that. Da, 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 da. Yeah. You almost expected that to be played like two or four times. Mm-hmm. And they do it once, and bam, the lyrics come in. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Like, you're like, oh, it kind of catches you off guard. It's a really unique verse too because the drum, the Brad Wilk on drums is, he's got all the cowboys going. Not, it's not really a hi hat groove. The bass kind of has like a rubber band kind of effect on it, and then Tom Rella has that just one accent note coming through, and and then it comes in with that that just sludgy like yeah. guitar I, for the chorus. I think this might be like. After Know Your Enemy, so seven, eight, nine, and ten, those last four tracks, this might be the hidden gem in there. Yeah. In my opinion. Like this is the like, all right, you got something back before it finished. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is good. If you're wondering what a township rebellion is, um Who tells? I was. So was, in South Africa. I you know what? Someone's gotta do it. Um, in South Africa during apartheid. Um, non-whites were not allowed to reside freely throughout the cities um, so they were required to live in designated areas called townships outside of the cities you know and they're often denied basic services like sewers or clean water or electricity or all these things so Zach is kind of advocating for kind of an uprising from that and you know advocating for uh, education for the masses and spurring them to take action and all these other things and I always, I always love the the chorus on this one. Well, I, why stand on a silent platform, fight the war, fuck the norm? Mm-hmm. I always thought that was very powerful. Yeah, especially all one the, of their better lines. Yeah, all the power that he puts behind it definitely it sounds like he he meant it to have a lot of meaning. So definitely a a, yeah. a, a good track to put near the end. For sure. Well, this is one thing about Rage is that yes, they're massively politically driven. Um, their lyrics are very, very, very powerful. But even for those, because I we've all said it as a as a, a podcast, you know, we don't really push the political end of things. We don't really talk politics. And I know me personally, I'm not really into that. And it's not that I agree or I disagree. It's just it's not my area of expertise and it's not what I do. But yet you can still just rock out to this music and enjoy yeah. it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only reason I kind of bring that up is just because that's their entire thing. You know, they, yeah. they push that, that angle hard and yeah. it's not, I, you know, I, I will agree that, um, you know, we try not to do that, but when they have that as kind of their, their biggest thing about them, it, it's hard to not bring up. And I, I oh, definitely agree. agree with him. You know, no, I, I agree. Is, is, it's, is, it's really cool to, whether you agree or not with what they're saying, it's really cool to see what they're talking about. If that makes sense. Yeah, like they it, they seem smart enough to know what they're talking about too, and not just mm-hmm. kind of a a blanket statement about everything. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. exactly. And oh, by the way, like like Mike said, the album rocks. You know, like yeah. So it has you know a little bit of everything for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then last track is freedom. Yep. <laughs> um, I love how this song opens. Um, all together great riff you know um a single yeah the last one right yep mm-hmm. um title wise great way to end yep you know fits the, the, the theme i thought it kind of dragged a little bit though like the ending give it that yeah. a long song it's yeah the longest song besides wake up Mm-hmm. We were both six minutes and six seconds. Yeah. And, um, and in some cases, I think some of their songs would have almost been more powerful if they were a little bit shorter. Yeah. You know, would have held on to a little more of that. You know, well, we keep going back to that kind of repetitive stuff that they do, which is repetitive to get it in your head, repetitive to make a point. But, and like Tom said, maybe it is the, the more modern, maybe this is where the album ages. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The like idea the that ones. the idea that these little longer songs with a lot of repetition, maybe back then during these political rallies, that was the chant. It made the point, got stuck in your head. This is what we mean. And in our and you know now modern time, we're like, okay, got it. Next with the ADD and the you know yeah. the move, move, move kind of thing, uh, right. mindset that we have now. Right, the overflooding of information. There's so much to process that, yeah, you know, something can't stay around too long because you got to mm-hmm. take in everything else. Mm-hmm. And I, I think really that might be the only area in which this album has aged. Mm-hmm. I I like later when the band like picks it up. Zach De La Rocha says, "Bring that shit in." Like yeah. he always shit. did that. He was like the hype man too. You know, yeah. got another bomb track. Like he was just always doing that. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like when the main song ends and he's singing like freedom yeah that kind of dragged for me like i get it it's the grand finale mm-hmm. but i think this part kind of made the song a little drawn out for me especially as the last track i do right around like uh about three and a half minutes or so i like the um well like tom said the pause but i love all the percussion the cowbells and stuff he yeah. had Stuff yep. that you don't really expect in this style of music. Like when when Chad Smith did it in Hump to Bump, like, oh, you expected that. It's Chili Peppers. It's funky. They're playing a right. bunch of different things. But then you've got, you know, Rage, which is, you know, metal, essentially. And all of a sudden you're hearing like, think, 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 think. Yeah. Like you just don't expect it. But it fits really, really well. Yeah, for sure. sure. Cool. And there you go. That's, that's the album. Yeah. Cool. 
Let's get into tracks. What a journey that was. I love let's that. Let's get album. into some tracks. All right, let's do it. Joe, you start off. I'll start off. <laughs> he came down off. because he couldn't button his thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna I I I'm gonna sound like I'm selling out, but I, I, I think I have to pick Killing in the Name as my my favorite track. But this is very hard because there's at least five <laughs> songs on here that I could label as favorites. I there there it's just a very, very solid album. But I'm gonna go with Killing in the Name as my favorite. Okay. Yeah, that's totally legitimate. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will go with Bomb Track because I think, you know, just the, the way that they started the entire album off with, um, I think is a definitely a key aspect in keeping like the, the energy up for most of it. Like, I don't think there's one like down, like, and that's not to say like it needed like a ballad or something. To, to keep the energy from 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 going up but it, it starts it starts up here it stays here for the entire mm-hmm. album mm-hmm. you know um just just a lot of cool sonic bits to it that i really enjoyed and um you know just good kick in the pants to get you going for the the, the rest of the album also lyrics are good too yeah for sure bomb tracks my all-time favorite rage song has been since high school um, you know, listening to their albums back then and everything else, this song just always stuck out to me. And like I said, I, only because I'd have to think about it before making this an official statement, but definitely one of the top three best opening tracks on any album ever. Mm-hmm. Um, potentially number one, I just have to. We should do an episode where we it. just talk about our favorite like album openers. Opener. I think that would be cool. Yeah. We've oh, talked about that. We've talked about title tracks. Yeah. We do our tracks. Hall of Fame. Our, the Hall of Fame group, the super group, yeah, cool. Or the the super, super group, group yeah. with Gary, yeah. And we got to do our covers, long overdue with Joey. Eventually, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll yeah get bomb there. track though. All right, so now our last, yeah, bottom. Uh, settle for nothing. It just was kind of eh. I mean, yeah, not much to <laughs> it. I, I mean, I know it's the one song they kind of needed to put in there to break away from that same sound on every track but i don't think one song was going to make a difference and if it was it had to be better than that mm-hmm. yeah i agree yeah it's, it's for pretty much the same reasoning settle for nothing for me um actually with fistful of steel mm, um okay. i just thought it wasn't really stand out too much and also that kind of sireny guitar that he goes for it was just kind of <laughs> bland and um, it, it sounded a bit too hip hop in the verses, but I mean, it was okay. I mean, there's not necessarily a track that I necessarily hate for the entire album, but if I had Agreed. to pick one, it would be that. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's any necessarily you have to skip songs. I think the album as a mm-hmm. whole meant to be what it is, and it does well with that. But yeah. yeah. We got to pick a bottom. Yeah. Um, in terms Sleepy Dark Horse, of Tom. Sleepy Dark Horse, um, was Know Your Enemy a single? was not. All right, I'll go Know Your Enemy. I was going to say Bullet in the Head just because I didn't know what the singles were, but then I saw that. But yeah, no, Know Your Enemy was, it was definitely a, a really good, it, it definitely jolted you up, um, especially near the, as more towards the middle of the album. Um, yeah, very, very fiery, very politi- politically charged again. Um, and I love the vocal performance too. Just a, this is a really good track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would 
bouncing between that and um, Township Rebellion. I was going to say that too. Yeah. Those were my two, but I think Know Your Enemy took the, uh, you know, took a little extra now recognizing that they had Maynard James from uh, Tool and from Jane's Addiction and, and not that featuring an artist is like a, a must, but they did such a good job with it. And it was kind of interesting that neither of them had any actual um, credit on the album. Um, mm-hmm. So I definitely, I like Know Your Enemy. It's a great song. Yeah. Thought it should have been a single. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, so I'm picking two. Um, <laughs> know Your Enemy is one of them. I think we all agree on that. But I also like Take the Power Back. I just think those two songs could have easily been my favorites if I didn't go with, um, you know, Killing a Name or even Bomb Track, something like that. Those two songs are just great songs in and of themselves. Um, definitely worth a listen if you're not listening to the whole album. So shall we rate it? Joe starts off. Eight, five. Eight, five. I love this album. I really wanted to give it a nine, but... Um, I just didn't, I don't, I don't really have a reason why, but eight, five for me. Um, I, I think some knocks are a few of the songs really dragged out a little too long. Um, I didn't really like the song settle for nothing. Um, if they made that song better, like Mike said, I think we're talking nine territory for me, but, um, yeah, I haven't listened to this album, album in a really long time. So it was really awesome to get back into this. And this is one of those like a few of the others we've done where I listened to it from start to finish. And it's a really great, great experience for me. So eight, five, definitely up there. One of my favorite albums of all time. In fact, I think Rolling Stone voted it number 24 on top yep. 500 albums of all time. It's top, yeah. uh, top like hundred metal albums, I think. Okay. Yeah. But, um, Tomas? um, I enjoyed it. There are, some elements that I didn't necessarily enjoy, but I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna give it a seven five. Um, just, just fantastic lyricism, um, great messaging behind it, and also to pair that with really good musicianship and um, just an excellent performance from all of them. Um, you can't really hear that in modern music too much anymore. Um, I like the. It, it does kind of play into a live aspect where they do have all this chemistry that works really well together. And, um, you know, one thing I will knock it for is that, like Mike said before, it does get a little bit like once you hear three tracks, you you've pretty much heard most of the other tracks. There are minor elements to them that you can switch up a little bit, but the, the sound stays the same. They don't really have too many switch ups. Um, but like I said, this is probably the only band that I will enjoy, like that rap rock like style that um a lot of people tried to imitate and didn't really match too well um but yeah seven five definitely a a really solid album from them nice yeah um you know i was thinking about it the whole time and and trying to put in my head where i was going to put it and the number that kept popping up to me was the same as you joe eight five um just a just a great album top to bottom i've been listening to it since high school um, like you said, it's been probably a year or so since I probably listened to it straight through. And it was just like every song just came back to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I remember this one. Oh, I remember this. And like even the ones I didn't even notice the title. I just remembered that riff, yeah. that song, that note. Um, but still, just the, like you said, top to bottom, kicking the ass, really not a down note. Even the songs, you know, that are kind of not killing in the name level, 
are still mm -hmm. good, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, eight five. Cool. Solid. Definitely sounds like one of our top rated albums yeah. collectively. Mm -hmm. Sure. How and our this? beer. The, the the two different style choices for some reason i don't know why they went with that i think just labels but they're the same beer yeah um yeah. raging bitch ipa by flying dog mm -hmm. definitely boozy i mean sure. i didn't even it could just be the time of day but i mean i'm not yeah. even yeah, about it. yeah it's but it's tasty. I do like it. That's a fucking beer. I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of people <laughs> give IPA shit because like New England, oh, it's too fruity. Like that's not a real beer. This is a beer and um, and it's a good beer. So I am going to give it. I think I'm giving it a seven and a half, seven point five hops. Um, I haven't been saying hops and bops recently. We got to get on brand. Um, seven and a half hops for me. Um, great flavor. I like the hop combination. You do get that kind of caramely flavor, but if you don't drink it quick and it gets kind of warm, it's definitely boozy and kind of heavy. Um, mm -hmm. I almost said seven, but, um, I don't know. I think I gave it the extra 0.5 just because of the branding. I don't know if that should be mixed in with the beer, but yeah. they stay I'll true to who they are and I like their little quips and their little sayings and everything. So I gave it a little edge. So seven and a half um, for me. I don't know what kind of mood I would have to be in to drink this though. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> like, Rage mood. Yeah. Am I in some kind of masochistic, like want to just be in, in well, not masochistic, obviously it's, it's, I, I do consider it a good beer, but it's, it's aggressive. It's not really like, you know, you have the, the crushable, more laid back style IPAs that we're a bit more used to. Mm -hmm. I think that just might be my palate choice by this point. Mm -hmm. But this, this one, it, it really is like how the marketing says it's 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 aggressive. It's in your face. It's it's a raging bitch for a reason. So if you're into that kind of style, um, I'm not necessarily a huge Belgian kind of man, mm -hmm. but um, I, I, I can understand why they would. Um, be so popular and um you know like you said you can't drink more than a couple of these without uh going too crazy but um i think we gave it about a six and a half for me um but just going off of what i remember from drinking it since i wasn't able to grab it i would probably uh, be around a seven and we could put a little asterisk next to that a little barry bonds asterisk yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. just to just to you know next time i try it then we'll yeah, yeah. yeah. i think it's fair though i think it's about a seven to where i'm at you yeah, can have one or two and then you move on all right i like it. Um, let's shout Wait. them out real quick shout them out real quick we have rage against the machine um they do have an instagram right now it's just rage against the machine uh ratm.com on tour reunion tour radam you might see um, us there yep um and they have a few other albums to check them out. I mean, this is just such a great album. Check it out. Mm -hmm. And then we have uh, Flying Dog Brewery. Flying Dog Brewery on Instagram. And we have flyingdog.com out of uh, Frederick, Maryland. Um, That's my middle name. Oh, Frederick. Really? Maryland. I'd have to do that. <laughs> my middle name's Maryland. Yeah, ready. <laughs> hey, name after your mom. <laughs> um, it seems like a, another another cool brewery that has cool branding kind of like abomination like they 
they really stick to the dog theme and cool artwork and stuff. So check. Yeah. Out. Yeah. I've seen a couple of their other beers around like the, the, I think it's snake dog or something. They, yeah, they're definitely, they're definitely around. So Double maybe dog. eventually we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to them. Episode 76 up next. Wow. We're getting into our last uh, quarter here. Crazy. <laughs> oh, Mike's run. Oh, oh my Mike's God. Getting it. That's, that's the fastest I've seen him run in a little bit. I did legs yesterday. I did too, actually. <laughs> Mike, this is all you next episode. What do you have for us? All right. We are going to go with one of my favorite albums and one of my all-time favorite, probably my all-time favorite metal band, uh, Pantera, and their <laughs> debut album, Cowboys from Hell. Um, they had a few albums before that, but we'll get into that during the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the beer I found going off the hell theme of Cowboys from Hell was Hell or High Mango by 21st Amendment Brew. Cool. All right. Uh, seasonal release, brewed with real mangoes, little Statue of Liberty mangoing it up over here. All right. Uh, pretty cool. So, yeah. Tom got the variety pack because he couldn't find that beer. Oh, and it's not even, I thought it was in it. It's not in it. <laughs> <laughs> That, oh, we just have a... I saw the orange thing on the bottom. I was like, oh, they got the orange. Oh, that's, it. Lincoln. that's Lincoln, not Lady Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> it's so a... we have a nice little uh, 21st uh, Amendment. Move free or die tour. is what it was called. Yeah. So Tom has to drink one of each and tell us how they are. Oh, I can yeah. do a little bit of a flight. I can do that. Cool. Good shit. All right. We got episode in the books. Great shit, as always. Um, we have been the Hops and Bops podcast. Uh, check us out on instagram tiktok and facebook and tom did you start a twitter now too i did follow us at hops and bops just hops and bops and And then uh, listen to us on spotify apple Podcasts. i think we're on google Podcasts. Mm -hmm. stream us on uh, youtube our videos yes tom go ahead if you're on spotify i've been putting like q a's and polls at the bottom so if you scroll under you can see like what's your favorite song what albums do you want us to review i'm gonna put like things you can just fill in for q a's and then we can eventually get to them so if you want to just ask us questions or answer the the poll down there i would definitely do that just on spotify though yeah cool yeah interact with us and of course interact with us on social media to dm us you know we get back to you right away because we're not famous so we want friends yeah (laughs) yeah um so thanks so much for listening uh we'll we'll see you next time for our next episode for mike and tom i've been john see you next time peace